Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Dan Chum, bearded legend, the very dapper Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 93 of the Orient Outlook podcast, and we have a lot of news and fan views to share with you this week, especially following Saturday's match against Carlisle and Danny Webb's decision to leave Alex Chisett out the squad, despite him being arguably our best player this season. So let's crack on with the show. And as always, we start with uh, an update from our friends over at the Supporters Club. Yep, so two uh, travels to tell you about. Firstly, coach is going to Plymouth on Tuesday the 14th of February, so it's Valentine's Day, so easy to remember. Coaches leave at 1pm, kicks off at 7.45, travel costs are £30 and £27 for concessions with a £3 surcharge to non-members. And coaches are going to Newport on Saturday 4th of March and the more the weeks go by, the more this trip seems like a massive, massive, vital, huge game. So if you can get down there, get yourself there. Coaches leave at half eight for a three o'clock kickoff and will cost £27 and £24 for concessions. You can book both of these trips at the Supporters Club on match days or on the travel line on 077-22-135970. Yeah, absolutely. We've also had an update from the Leighton Orient Trusts uh, that says, a big thanks to new gaffer Danny Webb who spent some time with a cohort of students from the Leighton Orient Trust at the training ground during the week. As a teacher on the BTEC Sport and Leisure course himself just three years ago, Danny has a special association with the learning project and answer questions on health, fitness and training regimes, as well as more personal items such as his relationship with his dad, ex-Chelsea legend David Webb, and how his father had inspired him. An interesting fact that emerged was that not was that although not intending to pursue a coaching career, he now much prefers the role compared to his playing days. Yeah, very good. Go. Yeah. And considering he was only made manager last Sunday, to still go and do that piece of work for the trust, when he it must have been a, busy, obviously, with absolutely. what everything that's going on. Fair play today. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, the update also goes on to say the trust would also like to announce their nomination for the Community Player of the Year, which is the calendar year for 2016, is Sandro Semedo. Sandro has attended countless events promoting the Trust's college course from where he was spotted and continues to inspire his peers and new students who aspire to be the best they can. He also recently hosted a tour of the training ground for new students and answered questions on his life and football journey. We wish Sandro the best of luck and hope he can make the shortlist for the EFL award announced later this month. And obviously we'll keep... You posted on that, and hopefully, fingers crossed, yeah. Sandro does make that shortlist. And you know, we've done some great work in the community. I think Omazuzi got nominated about two years ago. It should have. It was a surefire winner for that, and someone else won that, and it was a travesty. Absolutely. It was a real considering Elliot's background at the time. Uh, yes, yes. And where he'd come from, and how he got back into the club. He got a second chance, having come out of prison for gang-related offences and whatnot. It was it was actual actual travesty, but no good luck to Sandro at the EFL Awards later in February. So, uh, moving on, um, and thank you, Howard, for the update. Appreciated and really really good to hear the continuing good work that you and the team are doing in the community. Um, now to move on, thanks for all your emails this week. Um, some of them make some very very good points, uh, and we could have a two hour three hour long podcast just discussing those but we've only got time to mention one email this week and it comes from uh, Zach Cohen who says um, I think our fan base are delusional putting aside the chaos behind the scenes the players are, are just not good enough specifically at fullback Kennedy is a non-trier he is consistently out of position and all too often lumps a hopeless ball forward Nicky Hunt may be experienced but just but looks just as clueless as Judd, who is not ready for first-team football. I believe we have three players with an ounce of ability left, Semedo, Chisak and Atangana. I feel O's fans are too quick to criticise the manager. Edwards being referred to as Deadwoods by the crowd doesn't help anyone. That said, he does seem somewhat out of his depth. Perhaps his departure could be beneficial. Hindsight being a wonderful thing. The fans' criticism of Hendon at the time I felt was appalling and I feel fans should be more realistic with their expectations. He goes on to say, I feel our situation can be helped. As Jay said in your interview, away fan support is really felt. I think we need to encourage supporters to make the journey to watch the side away from home. A supportive fan base could be the positive influence the players need, given that FB's charisma has been missing of late. Like Smiley it. face, like very it. clever. Lastly, without a fit senior striker, I do worry about where the goals will come from. Sam Dolby is no Marcus Rashford. I think we need to go 4-5-1, crowd the centre of midfield and support the young striker up top. 
he finishes by saying, come on, you O's, Zach Cohen. So, Zach, thank you very much indeed. I'm going to disagree with you slightly, though, with Callum Kennedy. I think Callum's been one of our more consistent um, players, and I don't really see the... the I, don't, I haven't rated Sandro, and for me, Nigel's gone off the boil over the last two to three months. Yep, so many good points made. So if you agree with what Zach had to say, let us know. Or if you mm. disagree, do, do you agree with Paul there? Let us know on Twitter at Orient Outlook or via email at orientoutlook at outlook.com. And lastly, uh, mm. congratulations to Ben Churchill at Ben LFC and to his wife Amy on the birth of their daughter Mimi. Uh, yeah, another young O in the world. So yeah, well done, congratulations Ben. Congratulations to you Welcome to uh, the journey that's fatherhood. and uh, No doubt you're listening to this while doing one of the numerous night feeds. Yeah, so, so good luck in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So the week that was in, so Monday 30th of January, we recorded episode 92 in the evening. But soon after we finished recording, we were contacted by two sources who said that we were going to be signing a Stevenage player the following day, which leads us on nicely to... Transfer deadline day. Now, sadly, we don't we don't we don't have that music. Otherwise, we play it um, <laughs> cheesily in the background. But not usually one for really going back to old players. But recent XO Josh Doherty signed for Ards FC, who are in the Northern Irish semi-professional Danska Bank Premier League. So we wish you all the best, Josh. Not that you probably know that we're saying that, but yeah, good luck anyway. He'll probably end up getting a big money move to like a Championship club or a Premier League. No club, doubt right? he'll go to a big Irish <laughs> like Sligo Rovers or something, yeah. and uh, and then and then yeah, he'll yeah. get snapped up by a Championship. No club, doubt, Reading no or doubt. something. Yeah, no doubt. So in the first transfer news of the day for Orient, the current squad, the club announced that Ulrich Nomo has signed for Paris FC on loan until the end of the season. Uh, he signed a one-year deal with, with us for a second year with us. So we doubt he will take that up, but we're more to come on Ulrich later in the episode. Because <laughs> yeah, not everything goes smoothly at Leighton Orient, as you may all be aware. Then around three o'clock, the club announced that Rowan Lybird had signed on loan from Stevenage until the end of the season. Um, and then interestingly, I noticed, noticed that Stevenage signed promising Arsenal striker Caelan Hines. I thought it was worth mentioning the difference in the types of players that the clubs are going for. I'm sure Arsenal wouldn't have wanted... I don't know Rowan Lyberd enough to criticise him, but his record doesn't speak that well. If you're going to go with someone like that over a promising young Arsenal protégé... So your point is why not go after the young Arsenal, Arsenal kid as opposed to a guy who couldn't get in the team? Fair point. Very good point there, Mr Levy. Thank so you very much. Your views on a Rowan? Um, to me, it looks like a like-for-like replacement for Oli Palmer. Um, you know, I suppose the positives are that he hasn't experienced the loam around the negativity that's been around the club. Hopefully he'll be able to get the chance to show us what he can do. Obviously with three of our four strikers leaving, our senior pro strikers leaving the club, yeah. Paul McCallum being injured, he's obviously going to get games. Credit to, to Rowan, I'm not going to write him off uh, at all, I'll give him the support and the chance that he deserves. He's come up from non-league, gone to Reading, hasn't worked out at Reading, gone to Stevenage. For whatever reason it's not working out at Stevenage, but... You know, um, I think George Sessions did an interview with his old manager who who, cre- who rates him, him extremely yeah, highly. So, right, you know, we've got to give him a chance. He's not exactly coming into a buzzing dressing room or a buzzing team or a buzzing stadium. So, you know, can't fault the kid too much for saying, all right, yeah, if I'm going to get first team football, I'll come yeah. and give it a go. Yeah, me. Views? Uh, I don't know too much about him, really. I know Stevenage apparently paid 10 grand for him in the summer yeah. and he couldn't do anything at Stevenage, but... Like you said, hopefully he'll fit in, bang in some goals. He's only 24, good record in non-league, but like you said, Reading didn't work out for him. Stevenage hasn't worked out, should be in peak shape, should be raring to go. Mm. Could be could be a lewd signing, we shall see. So obviously following this signing, loads of views came in. So we'll mention a couple of what we got. So firstly, at Reedy, QB9 said, pretty uninspiring signing, but who are we realistically going to attract? Yeah. It's a body, if nothing else. I think that's a good point there. Yeah, it's a fair point. At Orient Ballbag said, puzzled. We loan out a striker who struggles to score, then bring one in who struggles to get a game, let alone score a goal. Yeah. I know they're two negative tweets, but they kind of sum, sum up where I think a lot of people are coming from. Yeah. So then following on from that, at around 3.30, is announced that Oli Palmer has joined Luton on loan until the end of the season. So obviously... Ollie's contract runs out in the summer, so that's probably the last we may have seen of Ollie in an Orient shirt. Yeah, probably. So your views on? How's on he Mr. pulled? Yeah, how's he pulled off a loan move to not to, to Luton, who are in the playoffs? Give the agent a slap on the back, mate. He has got the <laughs> best agent in the world. I, I, you know, absolutely astounded by that. Uh, it's only a loan move, but yeah. if he comes on and does well, then fair enough. Good luck to him. He's a grafter. Uh, no one would deny that. He's the hardest working player we, we, we've had in the team. 
just he just doesn't have the goals that Simo and people like McCallum have. Um, the interview that that he did for Luton when he joined the club was that the gaffer wants him wants another option up front to what they already have. And I suppose if you're trying to close a game out, you want someone up top if you're going to go four, five, one, and closing yeah. it down from the front so that you don't immediately put pressure on the back. He does that. But you can have that luxury when you're at the top winning games and Absolutely. you've got confidence breeding throughout the changing room. You know, at the bottom end, we need people that are scoring goals. Yeah, and we always had that argument, didn't we, with McCullum versus Palmer. McCullum, not so much of a workhorse, but likely to get you a goal. Whereas Palmer, workhorse, not likely to get, get you a goal. Goals, so yeah. for me, great move for Ollie. You know, I bet he can't believe it's like, like we've said. My thing about Ollie, always gave 107%, and that's why, you know, the crowd respected him so much and why Agreed. he's a bit of a fan's favourite because it wasn't for his goal scoring abilities, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so all we can do is wish him, wish him the best all of the luck. Best, he's about yeah. to go into fatherhood. He's, it's a big year for him. and he could end up scoring the goal that takes Luton into League One. And he yeah. could, you know... Imagine that. He Imagine he scores it. the goal in the playoff final if they get into the playoffs. And he could do it. Or automatic. The way some of the strikers have worked out recently, like your Mark Quisses, other cash players, kits. like that, your cash kits. Them two scored 30 goals this season. You've been reading our tweets again, yeah. <laughs> 30 goals between them. I know. Who would have thought? We, you know, we could have had... 15 each, they're on. In theory, we could, you know, last season we could have had a cash kit Mark Quiss lining up, up front. front too, but... Hindsight's a wonderful thing, my friend. Or good managers are, you know. Anyway, so those were our views, your <laughs> views. Sam Cass9 tweeted us saying, 14 goals, 7 assists in 73 appearances. That's roughly 1 in 5. Uh, is an awful record for a striker. I find it hard to believe a youth can't beat that. I mean, that's 14 goals. I think he scored two against Staines in an FA Cup match and he got a double also against Portsmouth. So there's a few doubles in there. Um, at Paddock, Inspecto says he's a trier. He's strong. He's quick for a big man. In my honest opinion, he lacks edge in front of goal. Mm-hmm. Division 2, <clears throat> Max is his level. Yeah, at Orient Boy, the question is Luton and not Mugs. So what do they see or know about Ollie that we never found? Very good point there. Escriberian Dan says he's an underrated player, in my opinion. Okay, at Andy underscore PO16, didn't personally rate him, although he always gave his best. Saying that, given the lack of forwards, I'd rather he stayed. Good point there. And I think when we come on to yesterday's match, I think what we were missing was an Ollie Palmer-esque type player. Currently, we needed that big, strong player who could hold the ball up, which is exactly what we didn't have yesterday. Yeah. But I'll come on to yesterday in a while. Also, in transfer deadline day, so we're doing it chronologically as the day happened, the under-18s beat Dagenham Redbridge 6-2, with Josh Caroma scoring four <coughs> goals. Also one for Charlie Barker, as he continues to make his way back uh, from his injury. So well done, Charlie. And also one for Andrew Camilo. Tayaka, which is a new name for me, so yeah. it's good to see another another face on the uh, score sheet for the yeah. Yellows. Absolutely agree with you. Three fixtures in League Two were played uh, on Monday. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday evening. Yes. Beg your pardon. Uh, the one that really had the impact on us was Luton versus Cheltenham, and a bit of an unexpected result there saw Cheltenham beat Luton three two, which saw them move up to twenty eight points. Uh, and then up to 20th in the league. So they're getting a cheeky little run together Cheltenham, at uh, Cheltenham. Cheltenham, lots of uh, activity in the transfer window. I've got some points where they really had no right to get them. And a great win there for Cheltenham, who were pulling away from the danger zone. And then once that happened, we thought, oh, we can go to bed now and have a nice quiet evening. But little did we know, at about 9.55, the club said, there's five minutes, we're going to announce another transfer. And then announce at 10pm, the loan signing of Bournemouth 21-year-old winger, Jordan Green until the end of the season on loan. So Jordan joins. Um, he was recently at Newport earlier in the season. Mr. Levy, your views or should I? Yeah, mind? glad to no, glad to have one more promising youngster in the, in in the side. Really good that that we've got something of a relationship with Bournemouth. Maybe that's thanks to XO and our former uh, schoolmate Steve, Steve Purchase. Yeah, Gears of Valentines. Yeah. Um, we need more bodies in the squad and, and this is obviously a welcomed addition obviously disappointed that we've got rid of so many but you know maybe a bit of a clear out was needed yeah. change a few attitudes in the changing room get a bit more positivity going you know maybe everything does happen for a reason you know we don't know what goes on behind closed doors and you know we can only call it as we see it but yeah no good good to have him in yeah I mean we needed a winger we obviously needed someone on the left wing so a bit of a no brainer so glad he's come in we were linked with a few wingers uh, on Tuesday yeah. so He's been at Newport. I think he, I think he got two in fourteen at Newport from the mm. wrong. Uh, but if if he's decent and if he's fit and he's registered, which we'll come on to in a bit, I would expect him to get a starting place on the left wing immediately. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think yeah, I would expect him to come in. But we we shall see. So lots of tweets again. 
rounded up nicely by just uh, mentioning Sean Mercer's tweet, who said, both the players we have got in, I would suspect their wages are covered by their clubs, so no money spent and both unknown. So nothing coming out of Bichetti's pocket, or that's the implication that, yeah. that we got by those loan signings. And then the night ended, and just two things yeah. to, to mention. In- interestingly, former loanee Harry Cornick signed on loan for Gillingham, and also former Orient loanee Ryan Hedges signed a permanent deal at Barnsley for an undisclosed fee. So good luck to both of them in their future careers. You know, Harry's gone from us and gone up to Gillingham, who yeah. have gone through a bit of a rough, rough uh, patch with us. But um, yeah, is what it is. You know, transfer window shut. Yeah, and that's it. Couple out and couple in. And yeah, so apart from free agents, you can't sign anyone on loan or from any other clubs. So what will be, which leads us on to Wednesday, 1st of February. Mm-hmm. So in the morning, Paris FC announced on their website, and it's first picked up by George Sessions, that Ulrich Nomo's loan transfer cannot be completed because he played a reserve game for Chateroux Reserves and FIFA Rules. Now don't allow players to play for more than two teams per season. So he's back at Orient and available for selection, which is just simply bizarre, but... You know, a lot of negative tweets came in about that, but it also has happened to other clubs. It's happened to Gillingham, who signed the guy from Barnet, wasn't it? Yeah, Bonds and Gala from Eastleigh. Who, yeah, who, who played for Barnet, and it's also happened to Crew. So it's caught a few league clubs out, and hopefully... Because it's a new rule. It only came in yeah. this season, so... But you, but would, you would think players' agents or scouts or recruitment the club. people <clears throat> would be yeah. on top of that. So Ulrich will be definitely with us until the end of the season. It's another body in the building. It gives us another option. I know a couple of people have said from what little they have seen of him, they don't rate him at all. Um, maybe given a, a run of games, maybe we'll see something different. Yeah, um, I mean, it's interesting that people like Karoma um, gets picked ahead of him. And obviously Jordan Green's coming in, in that position. So obviously not fancied by, by Danny. Danny. But interesting to see he's not been released. Like he's still on the contract. Because if they released him, he could... Could they? I don't know because what happened to Cox don't know don't know how that would work but obviously he's still getting paid still picking up a cheque but interesting one that maybe he does have a part to play we shall see Okay, so moving on then Thursday the 2nd of February now Phil Parry from BBC London interviewed Danny Webb who told him that despite rumours Alex Chisak will be available will be sorry despite rumours Alex Chisak will be available for selection on Saturday should he choose to select Yeah, him. so lots of rumours were starting to emerge in midweek, early in the week, that Chizak will be um, frozen out. But Danny Webb putting those rumours to rest on Thursday, but obviously a lot more to follow on Alex Chizak later in the podcast. <coughs> Absolutely. Friday, 3rd of February. Danny Webb spoke to George Sessions about the upcoming Carlisle match and said, Saturday will be a tough test, but any games in League 2 are, and you have sides like Doncaster Rovers and Plymouth Argyle who are running away with it. Carlisle one of the strongest teams we have faced this season, but I'm trying to put the focus on our players and how we want to play. I want to give the fans something to get a little bit excited about because it's very easy when you're second bottom to be negative and you can worry too much about the opposition and the tactics they'll play. So I like that. I, yeah. did, like, I did like that. that quite what you're saying there is you're going to play your way, opposing team. We're going to play our way and we're just going to try yeah. and be better than you. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. Not overcomplicating, simplifying it basically rather than saying, well, they're going to do this and worrying to the nth degree what they're going to do because the game may not play out like that. Yep. So let's worry about what we're going to do with and without the ball. So very, very interesting. George Sessions also commented on how impressed he was with Danny and watching an interview on Orient Player. must be said, Danny spoke a lot of sense and seemed very, very comfortable. So that's also very good to see as well. Yeah, congrats to Omer Reza on stepping up to assist Danny as well as Michael Amara who also steps up from the academy which leaves just the one question to ask is there anyone actually left in the academy? <laughs> Last one out turn the lights off Boys we're available we're yeah. raring to go we're sure we could do a good job there you I'll know, go to Sports Direct and get some new boots Could be Turner and sitting all over again this Bowman <laughs> Levy leading the youth onto the championship uh, Great piece of news is the club reveal that Paul McCallum's injury will keep him out for a few weeks rather than a few months but apparently yeah. Paul told fans after the game on Saturday against Carlisle that he will be back next Saturday. So that will be the game away at Yeovil. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. So Saturday, 4th of February, yesterday, we had Carlisle at home. The team was announced and the big talking point was the keeper. Sam Sargent was named in goal. Back four was Judd, Hunt, Parks and Kennedy. Midfield four were Massey, Attingana, Collins and Semedo with Sam Dorby. Liebert up front, subs, Charlie Granger, so no Alex Chizak in the squad, Teddy Mezegay, Ivan Eriko, Sammy Moore, Liam Kelly, Josh Cromer and Victor Adebayo, so that's four changes from the Mansfield game, Sergeant Judd 
Atangana and Rowan Lebo to start. Liam Kelly also included in the match day squad for the first time <coughs> since October. Came out there that winger Jordan Greed not included in the squad due to registration issues. I think it's the Welsh FA still hold his registration, obviously being at Newport. So disappointingly, he wasn't in the squad because I think he would have started by what I'd be said earlier in the week. So your, your thoughts on the team lineup? Yeah, obviously all the pre-match talk was about Alex Trisak being left out, Danny Webb's choice. Yeah. And obviously the impact our situation, and for me, what concerned me was the impact that our situation could have on young Sam Sargent's career to me it's all, all very very strange uh, also how Charlie Granger's not been anywhere near the, the, the first team no news about that but apparently he'd he'd, in, he'd he'd been carrying an injury on his foot or something so you know it, that that makes sense but you know I, I did quite like the lineup with with a mix of youth and experience and I thought a fairly decent back four with Hunt with Hunt and Parks at centre back um, Kennedy and, and, and Judd at, at left and right back so um, yeah I, you can't, what can you do you've got a bare bones squad you've got yeah. a threadbare squad yeah. you're, what, you're not going to expect what, what are you going to expect you yeah know? for me was, I, yeah I agree not bad you know as strong as we could have hoped for to be honest Chizak I, I think Chizak we'll come on to Chizak after obviously uh, but a very big call there from where obviously yeah. he said he was available for selection and doesn't even put him on the bench yeah. I think that was the main a very a very controversial point there. obviously if Sargent started having Chizak on the bench people would go oh, maybe he's not been frozen out but the fact he wasn't on the bench has maybe alluded to people thinking he was frozen out great to see Liam Kenny come back on the bench and for me central midfield which looked weak now looks much stronger you've got, got you know, Atangana Moore Collins and Kelly once he's fit so that's four good and then we're coming central back central midfielders we're if he comes back Massey that, that right wing spot is Massey's no one's taken that from Massey and then on the left you've got Karoma Samedo's holding that down and hopefully Jordan Green will be talented and will be able to do something so that's three players hopefully vying for that left winger spot and up front no real surprises yesterday obviously Lee Bird and Dorby but then obviously once McCallum comes back you got you can pick any three from those from that, any two from those three or one from those three if you want to play five in midfield so it's not all doom and gloom, but obviously a massive reaction on Twitter following that team announcement. So El Coado says, if I'm honest, this does not look like a team who will be strong enough to win against Carlisle. Let alone keep us up. At Kevin Cowlan, why would you not select an available keeper who's been arguably our best player this season? Vandalism of our club continues. John Macker, 1977, said, I assume Chizak's head isn't right after being messed about. Great team, though, with options on the bench. At Orient Dave, whatever the reasons, Chisak needs to play. Chucking a kid in goal in this situation is outrageous. Yeah. At Ox Ooch, says one of the youngest teams we've ever put out for a league game. Question mark. Good job there's nothing riding on this one, then. <laughs> Liked it. Yeah, Liked it. so the match kicked off. Decent atmosphere. I think there's a lot of positivity, a lot of people talking pre-match about getting behind the team and, and really supporting them. So, good start from both teams. Orient really did look good. We looked like we were getting at Carlisle yeah. quite quite early on, and you could see why Carlisle are doing so well. Um, they they play some pretty nice football as well. First fifteen minutes they were pretty even, and then in the eighteenth minute, a free kick to Carlisle um, passed into Jabo Ibiri, and um, the prodigal son fired over the north stand and. I shouted out, "Is one of our road," and then about a minute uh, later, people started singing it. People started singing it, but you know, good good chance for him. Yeah, um, and and yeah, they were playing some nice keyboard. Yeah, and then twenty fifth minute, um, a, a good atmosphere got even better as Brisbane Road erupted. Sergeant uh, goal kick, long ball, got flicked on by their ped of a Carlisle player into the path of Gavin Massey, ran onto it well, beat his man, and then had a shooting opportunity and just absolutely smashed it as hard as he could under the keeper. Um, and it went in right behind, right in front of us in the south stand, and that was amazing. South stand went mental, and it was you know very apt that all the outfield players went straight over to Massey. Bit of a bundle, even Theo. Don't know if you saw it done a knee slide. That's on the football league show. Is it? Yeah, people were going mental. Great finish, laces through it. I think maybe for me their keeper might have been able to do better. He maybe should have got should down have a bit done quicker. Better. It went under him, didn't it? Yeah. Hit but his, his uh, lap and went under Shot it. up into the yeah. back of the net. But I think, I think that was a well-deserved lead there. And great to see Massey get a goal. Massey has been much better in recent weeks, I would say. And a great start for Danny Webb's managerial career for Orient. Yeah, and then less than 10 minutes later, Carlisle uh, Carl equalised. They were awarded, uh, awarded a free kick just outside the box. Sam Sargent did absolutely brilliantly to save the free kick. Um, but unfortunately, he parried it sort of into the six-yard box and Gary Little tapped, tapped home 
the rebound. Now, to me, I'm not sure if that's offside or not. I, I, I'm going to question that being offside because I'm sure, I'm sure it is. I don't think anyone appealed that one. Um, but no one appealed it. Yeah, so it was unlucky for Sam Sargent because he'd done the hard bit. He did, and, and he kind of just put it on a plate. For, but I think for I think it was let down by his centre backs. Potentially. Massively, because there was no one. The guy at Lidl was just there by himself. No yeah. one near him. And Sergeant's done all we can ask a sergeant. I think that was a very good save. Um, and an easy tap home there for Lidl. But, you Shame. know, who was, who was marking Lidl and who was concentrating on for the rebound? No one. But it looks, well, no one, because they obviously scored from it. So very disappointing we couldn't hold the lead for longer. Then the rest of the half has played out. Carlisle started to get the upper hand. I think people. It started to get a bit nervy. I would say the last five minutes they were cutting through us really easily. Um, three minutes of injury time were played. Uh, nothing happened. No. And the half time also went at one all. So yeah, I decent thought, decent yeah. first half. That I thought. Yeah, much think, much more improved. Much improved. Good atmosphere. See a bit more what we were trying to do. Bit better spirited on the pitch. I would say people I agree, making tackles hard. they weren't making before. Putting their bodies on the line. More communication. Yeah. Uh, Danny <clears throat> Webb looking very smart. Very dapper. Yeah. I think Matt Simpson said... Uh, my like, favourite line. I think one of the best lines. He looked like a Romford estate agent. But um, he looked very dapper. He did. And he, he did. did. And you know what, what he did said. That obviously worked before the game. Players looked motivated and up for it. I think Rowan Lieber. I think he'd done okay. I think he won a few, few flick-ons. He'd done all right. I think I saw yeah, him it wasn't get, a bursting start I think to his career. I think he's been stated quite a bit. Maybe a bit unfairly. Um, I don't think he has got match fitness or match no, sharpness. Absolutely. So, there was no one else to play, was there? No. So the attendance was announced at 4,306, which is quite low, particularly when 677 of them were from Carlisle. Now, Carlisle have never had that many fans. They barely even get used to get that, half of that, when we were. Yeah, but. Uh, when they weren't third in the league. Third in the league, yeah. So, second half kicked off, no changes uh, for Orient, and then just four minutes into the second half, Jabo Ibere is played in, and Sam Sargent saved brilliantly uh, as it as it he forces Jabo to hit the side netting. Jabo thought he was offside, and he kind he of. He did, he shot like he was offside. Stopped sort of thing, didn't he? Very lucky. When, when you sit back and say that, he should have done better then. You could tell from his reaction, it just puts his like, arms on his head to save. Should have done better. That's why he's one of our own. He's one of our own. We taught him everything he knows. He did. Jebo's never <laughs> scored again. It must have been red unless he's playing for Orient again. So, <laughs> 60th minute, Sammy Moore came on for Ron Liebert. I thought, you know, like I just said, Ron did all right. You know, he won a few in the air. Clearly tiring at the hour mark. Uh, and credits to Total Orient. So, we've taken one of their tweets uh, who said Orient went to a 4 3 3 with Dalby up top. Samedo and Massey out wide. Uh, Moore on alongside Attengana and Collins in the middle. So, I changed formation there from Danny. You're not keeping it. At four, love four, to see in-game changes. Yeah, you know, if it's not doing. working, let's let's try something different. Yeah. So we're shoring up the defence a bit, but also springing the attack as well. Yeah. So you can easy go four, five, one off the back. Yeah. Of that. So really like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixty-sixth uh, minute, Jabo comes off and gets a great ovation. I'm sure it, a lot of it is tongue tongue in cheek. I'm sure he knows it. It's a bit of a Mickey take. A little bit, but but he knows it and he knows he's loved it yeah, lately because he, he came back for a. He came back for a match. It was a charity match. I think it. I can't remember who it's for. And like Jabo is loves the club. He does. He, he, does. he loves being here. He, he's he's really appreciated. Point to note though, he did go to the supporters club afterwards and he did give a speech. I don't know what he said. We don't know what he said because he top wasn't here. But top man Jabs. Fair play. So two minutes after he comes off uh, and didn't want to score against us. Unfortunately, Jamie Proctor did as he gave Carlisle the lead as he tapped in after Sergeant saved Waring's header. Um, so. Carlisle broke away. The ball looked to us like it was clearly out of play when their man on the wing was on running wing, with it. Yeah. He crossed it in, Waring headed it. Sergeant made, I thought in my eyes, made a brilliant save, uh, but the ball fell to Proctor a few yards out. And again, the same He's... problem where he's standing there, no one near him. So I think the guy behind me, Warren, was saying Sergeant done much better there. I thought Sergeant done well. And Warren I said still... he could have done much better. I don't Didn't know. It? I don't know. For me, I'm inclined to agree because he's parried. He's, in, in, I, I actually, I fully agree with Warren because what Sam should have done was he should have pushed it over, get a corner, regroup, we'll go again. Instead, what he's done is he's parried it into the path, or he's parried it back into a danger zone. And unless one of our guys, our defenders, are there to clear it off, it, it literally they've got poachers. Jamie Proctor is not going to hang around and ask for a second chance. He's going to score. I think and be, anyone at the top would, would do that. I think you're being harsh on the keeper. I think that's more of a, defend, a defender's responsibility to be on Proctor than Sam Sargent. Sam Sargent has saved that header, and he's moving the other way. So he's moving to his left, and he's having to go to his right 
to get the ball and the yeah. way the way your body goes is he's had to push it that way and I think again but he could have just pumped it over where's Parks I don't think he could have because it was so fast but again this is this is the difference between a great goalkeeper and a young keeper I yeah. don't think Chizak would have got that over the bar I think Chizak would have made the same save um, but again let down by the defence and 2-1 to them and then it was kind of game on and kind of be challenging but let us know what you think about the uh, sergeant was he, was he at fault for, for the goal could he have done better for both uh, I don't want to be obviously you know, coming both rebounds but I, I think it's very harsh to say he was at fault for, for, for well, the goal no he can, he can he can be at fault I don't think it's harsh it, it's right that responsibility is taken for errors and mistakes in games there's no, nothing harsh about it generally I thought Sam Sargent acquitted himself extremely well and I tweeted that last night to him I said you made the step up and you didn't look out of place he I, didn't I, and I genuinely believe that However, for that, I think he should have put it over the bar rather than back into the six-yard box. I tell you what, the thing is harsh, though. That ball was out of play, clearly, and it wasn't given. See, I've and, watched and it on the telly. was terrible yesterday. Oh. I don't... So I sit with Paul and I sit with a guy called Graham, and they're very... Most games, someone will moan about the referee, and I'm very quick to shoot down the ref moaning because I, don't, I think it all... It comes back around, but yesterday that ref was probably as bad as oh, what I've ever seen. It was brilliant. moving ball when the ball wasn't moving. Oh, you're two yards further than where you should be to take yeah, the throw. Yeah, a few in. things like that. Yeah, unbelievable. He just wasn't a very good ref, and he wasn't very consistent. Um, I didn't no, think. exactly. But from the replay that I've seen of their goal, I can't tell if the ball went oh, out. Oh, okay. I thought it was out. Someone had put a photo up, and it looked like it had gone out. But right, okay. fine margins when you flip the games, and you got to play until the whistle. Unfortunately, exactly. so following that goal again from Total Orient says Orient at four two three one now. Collins on the left, Massey on the right. Semedo central behind Dorby. So Semedo, interesting, yeah, very interesting. So seventy six minute, the goal hero Jamie Proctor picked up a second yellow card in quick succession for a bad tackle and more. Got his marching orders. Yeah. So the last fifteen minutes we play against ten men. Yeah, and the reason why I say interesting because sitting in the south stand, it's diff- it's more difficult. You don't see it from like, for where we see it. Yeah, yeah to see the changes like that and how yeah. they play out at, at all the time so yeah. it's, it's good that, that, that others do pick that up in the 77th minute we see Victor Adebayejo come on to replace Sam Dolby Dolby found it hard again it didn't get much didn't um, get into the game as much it a bit tough, yeah it? I think so but you know it, it's a good experience and good learning for him don't forget he's so young he's such He's only seven, yeah. 16, 17, yeah. so it mustn't be too critical or yeah, harsh on the kids. Fair enough. 83rd minute, Teddy Mezegay came on for Callum Kennedy, who had injured himself. Yes, he did, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, so we wish you well, Callum. Yeah, and in five minutes, injury time added on. Uh, 90th minute, Samela crossed it in at Atangana, flicked the ball over the bar, and I think at that point we all knew really that the. I didn't expect an equaliser. No, we did press them a lot more in the last five minutes, though. We, made we, them, we, we were camped a lot more in their half than them in ours. We made them fight for the points, but you know, rest of injury time got played. Which is a diff- which is different to what we've done previously this season yes, in that teams have come here and yeah. easily taken three points from us. They had to work for their three they points. Did. That's an extremely good point to make. They did. The full-time whistle went <laughs> and Danny Webb's first match in charge ended in defeat. And a stat we saw that we liked on Twitter said, Orient have lost five consecutive league games. For the first time since March, stroke April 2012, LOFC have now lost 12 of the last 16 in all competitions. And unfortunately, yeah. that is relegation form. form. Exactly. Danny Webb spoke after the match. He said, when we were 2-1 down, the fans were great. And I think that is because they saw that we didn't throw the towel in. That's exactly why the fans got behind the team. Because the team the the were working hard. Yes. yes. Nobody, no, you, you can take losing if you work hard and just been a bit unlucky and made a couple. Yeah. We made two mistakes all game. Otherwise, Sam Sargent had a very quiet game. Yeah, he had two things to do. I, I, Four I, things. I don't think the first goal was a mistake. I think it was a sensational save. I think nobody followed up. Well, that well, that's it. Yeah. So we made two two mistakes in 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 our team, uh, and it, and it's cost us unfortunately. Anyway, I'm not saying the players have done that previously, but heads have dropped before, and that happens when you're down there. But today, heads didn't drop, which is absolutely bang on. Yeah, and I'm Alex Chizak. Danny Webb said. It's nothing Alex has done particularly wrong. It is just like leaving other players out. But obviously I understand the goalkeeper gets more attention and rightly so because he has been the number one. But I had it in my mind what I wanted to do and I'll make the decisions. But I'll always talk to people before. I had a chat with Alex because I didn't want to read the team out in the dressing room and everybody will wonder why he's not playing. So obviously yeah. that was dominating the uh, the social media headlines and Alex Chizak he uh, did. came out and tweeted <clears throat> The after the message match. after the match, yeah. yeah. he said, as much as I'm disappointed to have not played today, the manager explained his decision to me and I respect that. I have not asked to leave the club and remain fully committed to helping the team in any way I possibly can, which is 
you know, full blown credit to Alex Chizek. Absolutely, you know, without that statement there, with Alex put out, people Nips would still be questioning it tonight. Yeah, so well done to Alex Chizak and you can only respect the guy for getting that out so quickly. Still don't know why Danny Webb dropped him, but that's another question. <laughs> that's a question for another day. And Dave also tweeted and also said Danny said he has good quality players and good characters, but he's going to look at the list of out of contract players. And see who is available. So, like, you've got your Berbatovs. Berbatovs available. <laughs> really, really, like, can yeah. you imagine on a short-term contract? Mate, we like, signed Dimitar Berbatov. With Leighton Orient, right? You can never say no. 100 grand a you week. You can never say no. Berbs right? come. Yeah, it wouldn't. It would something completely outrageous happened. I'm not saying it will he happen. He would tear up this league. Well, it would never come. Well, this well, is all like, like Andre the Sainer would tear up this league. Yeah, uh, yeah. 10 minutes into his debut, that scissor kick from the halfway line. <laughs> <laughs> so league table. League table, come on. Yeah, that defeat. Men will stay 23rd in league two. So currently play 28, won seven, drawn four, lost 17. Goal difference now, minus 14, 25 points. Teams around us, just a quick round up. Newport got a very late equaliser versus Cheltenham so that finished one was probably the best result that we could have got out of that I think and Notts County one place above us lost 2-0 to Accrington so again it's all very tight uh, mm. around that area so yeah, your so views on yesterday's match my then? views last night I actually tweeted from my at uh, super 1881 account I said an improved LOFC performance today a work in progress and still some way to go but a decent platform to build on ref let us down badly today uh, which I still 100% stand by but to add to that I thought we saw more effort and determination from the team thought Nigel and Michael Collins were a bit off the pace today I think I would have started with Sammy Moore over Nigel but during the game uh, for me I'd have changed Sandro probably around the hour mark as well for Karoma give him a good 30 minutes get get him into the game that's a good point like we just reported earlier Karoma scored four goals in a youth match on the Tuesday and unfortunately didn't get on the pitch good shout there yeah, yeah so there. I would have brought him on earlier uh, and also uh, I'd have taken um, oh, I would have done the live bird for Adebayejo around the hour mark as well so yeah. uh, not that I'm any uh, experienced manager but that's just the, the couple of changes points, that I'd yeah. have made not, I'm not really that keen on Semedo this season he's really uh, obviously um, gone off the boil a bit for you know multitude of reasons I'm sure um, I can't say that he doesn't seem fully committed I've written he doesn't seem fully committed but actually I'm not sure that's right I just think he's just been affected by stuff that's gone on and as a young young player in his first full season in the first team uh, you know it's obviously affecting his form the first five games season di- di- different class he was unbelievable people were you know Cox couldn't get in that team people were like don't worry we've got Sanjo you know, now it's it was a, he was an option, but yeah. whereas now it's like, why not get rid of him yeah. and put Karoma in? Your yeah. views? Uh, yeah, much improved performance. I would agree with you. And I thought uh, the work ethic was there. Although you know, we offered a little up front. It was very tough for Dorby yeah. and Lebo to get into it. Feeding off scraps. I thought we defended better for most of the game. I thought more than what we have done in a while. Uh, but we have to be more of an attacking threat. But don't forget Carlisle. They're further in the league. They're a good team, and Danny should be proud of his players. Like you have actually made a note saying Samedo was a bit poor. He doesn't seem. He just doesn't seem to have a decent knowledge of what's going on around him, like a decent footballing brain, but I'm sure that will come given time and experience, and I don't want to keep digging digging him out because that's not what we try and do on this podcast. But I've already said it, I think Green will come in when he's registered. I'd expect Green to start imminently. Yeah. I think Sergeant done well. And for me it'd be very interesting to see if Alex will be back in goal on Tuesday. So coming on on to that. After the match we had a Twitter poll and asked you who you think should be in goal against Morecambe on Tuesday. Yeah, so in third place with 6% of the vote was Charlie Granger. Yeah. Second with 31% was young Sam Sargent. And the winner with 63% of the vote overwhelmingly was Alex Chizak. Yep, so thanks for all your yeah. uh, votes in Africa. We had 194 votes, so not not bad amount of people. Obviously, by no means the entire fan base, but interesting yeah. to see. Sargent definitely had a lot more votes than what he would have done previous, prior to that game. So we will see on Tuesday what that team's announced. So those were our views, plenty of your views. We'll start with a message from MP Allen222, who DM'd us and said, there seems to be a lot of criticism for Webb-FB lying about Chizak getting dropped and suggesting that he's been frozen out. But maybe Webb is telling the truth. With Chizak out of contract in the summer, assuming that will not be renewed, perhaps Webb feels that Sergeant Granger are his keepers next year. As Sarge has been on the bench most of the season, it's probably fair that he should start and he's put Granger on the bench just to get him back involved in the matchday squad to get him ready for next season. If it truly is up to Webb, then I would suspect that Chizak will be at least in the squad at some point in the next two to three matches. 
Webb is a new manager, probably worked with Sarge and Granger in the youth setup, so knows them well, and he said he wanted to try something different. And let's not forget that despite the fact Chizak has saved as many times a season, he's also made some big errors too. So I'm going to trust Webb on this one and give him the benefit of the doubt. And that was from Mitch, so yeah. a good little DM there, interesting. Makes Lots interesting of good points, points, but is now the time really to start trying new things in a relegation well, fight with young players? Absolutely, let us know That's your the only views. thing I question yeah. on that. Let us know your views on that, that seems to be a... a big topic of debate so at yeah. Tyrant Outlook give us a tweet or on email at Outlook at Outlook.com or on Facebook send us a message podcast, yeah. Yeah. Uh, message came in uh, today from Jamie Stripe Jamie thanks for getting in touch with us um, made a few good points here uh, it says a few quick points from yesterday uh, we were doing fine up until they scored Webb seems to have at least injected a bit of life into proceedings if nothing else Hearing him being interviewed, he does come over in a similar way to Martin Ling when he first took over here, and at least we could see the team take the game to the opposition more, which I couldn't agree with you more. Second point, he says, Chisak, I can understand the decision to drop him. Fine, it happens. I can't fathom why your number one keeper is bombed out of the whole squad for Granger, who hasn't been near a bench place for almost nine months. A rumour on the message board last Wednesday predicted that Chisak was going the same way as Cox, and this didn't do much to quash that. I get that Webb is ambitious and wants a proper crack at this, but if he is going to to implement uh, the will of a club president who is clearly killing this club off now, it is just the sort of thing that has undermined confidence throughout the club. Hess, Hendon, Nolan and Edwards all knew how this place works and have had their credibility damaged by being party to stuff that they question in private but give credence to in public. It's the sort of stuff that is rotting the club from within and is usually rewarded with being fired by the owner. I'd like to think that Webb will build up a spirit that will dig Orion out of this mess, covering up for the owner's questionable decision-making won't help bring that about. Rant over. Yep, so cheers to Jamie and Mitch for their DMs. Both made fantastic points. So we also got loads of tweets. A selection of what we received as follows from... At Len M4 firstly, who says, as much as I appreciate, oh, there's another tweet just coming to get with that. As much as I appreciate good effort, that no, means nothing if you can't get anything from the game. Yeah, another missed opportunity. Yep. At Simon 08 Edwards said, to lose one goal off the keeper making a good save is unfortunate, but two from back to front, our spine looks weak. Yeah, good point. At Chaz Porch said, we play better, tried hard, but that's not going to be enough. Can't see where the goals are going to come from. Uh, Richie J. Bourne, team effort 100%, quality 30%. Nigel Atangana, great at the start of the season, but a massive disappointment now, liability. Yeah, your favourite, that one, isn't he? Yeah, Nigel he is. at Charlie underscore Paul says Tuesday is a must win now. A draw would not be a good result at home to Markham. We have to pick up three points. Interesting hearing David Webb about potentially bringing free Danny. agents in. Sorry, da- Danny, yeah. Uh, he seems confident he will be allowed to do so, which makes me ask the question Has FB agreed to sell? Strangely to let Danny Webb sign and not AE. Maybe he's on his way. I think that's very optimistic thinking there, I've got to be honest. I don't think he's on his way, but no, we shall see. Giorgio Irwin, 77. Totally different game today. Not totally one-sided for the first time in a while. Quality still lacking, especially at the back. Yeah, at Marcus Mainers. So just not enough quality. Plenty of heart, but not enough quality. Can't play versus 10 for as long as we did and not trouble them. Good point for the 15 minutes where we had a man more, but their keeper wasn't really called into action. We had pressure, but didn't make him make a save, that keeper. Yep. Um, At Marcus Maynard said, just not enough quality. Oh, sorry. Lee Kinsley too, beg your pardon, said, Carlisle didn't look top three today. We deserved the draw. Well done, players, and well done, Danny. Yeah, Chelsea Fish says, if you can't force the opposition keeper into one second half save, you will never win the game. A good level effort, though. No threat. At M0PHO said, We wasn't outclassed and we wasn't a pushover. Not often we've been able to say that this season. Keep it up, Danny. Good good positive tweet. Barry Graysox says, Why would you drop your first choice keeper when we're in a dogfight? Surely you need the experience. Yeah, the authentic Gaz tweeted us saying, The boys showed some heart and spirit today for a change. Deserved the point. But it wasn't to be, I'm afraid. Yeah, it can be no fear. There's no imagination or vision in possession around the box. That's a great point. At points... We had it in a good position, but there's no movement ahead of the player who had the ball, um, which means there's no pass on, which means the ball literally goes nowhere. Yeah, slightly harsh, I think, yes. from Joe Jessner 16 who tweeted us saying, interested to see if there are any fans out there who think we should persevere with Judd. Seems a liability yeah, to me. controversial. I think Judd's done very well. Don't right? agree with that. He's done very well. Yeah, let us know what you think yes. about Joe Jessner, J-E-S-S-S. 
E-N-E-R-16. Feel free to include him in that tweet as well. <laughs> Very hard for us to leave it. Orient <laughs> Fan 81 says, Try it hard today, but no quality whatsoever. Cannot see where the next one is going to come from. At LOFC1971, people should remember Kalala top three. Not like he, we were going to win today. Bigger games to come that are must win. Fair uh, comment. Yeah, yeah, unexpected item zero says better. More fight today. Absolutely no edge up front though. And the situation with Chizak is idiotic. FB is meddling yet again. D David, you yeah. said deserve something special. Deserve something today. Players were gutted at the end. We must support them again on Tuesday. Survival can be achieved. Yeah, I like that. That's um, a good positive. A talk. very similar one from that's only one team just gutted. Played well first half, but once again faded second half. Sam was unlucky with both goals, and we didn't have enough going forward. Tuesday is now massive. And I think Ben D. Bollard gets the final word yes. that summarises a lot of what's been said already. Lots of heart and effort, short of quality, especially up front. Very proud to see the youngsters playing despite the situation, which yeah. is an extremely good point. So there's all tweets into at Orient Outlook. So thanks for all the tweets we've got. We can't mention all of them, otherwise you're looking at a podcast, which is double the length, which nobody wants. So Just go to our timeline if you want to see what others said. Yes, absolutely. So prediction league update. So well done to at O's fan basing, at Giorgio Owen 77, who predicted 2-1. And an extra slap on the back for at Strop underscore O, who predicted 2-1 and Matty to score, picking up the bonus points. So well that means in the top of the league, O's fan basing, second correct prediction within a week. So two out of two there for O's fan basing. So he goes joint first. Yeah. If you've got the lottery numbers, let us know. Yes, with that Nino Barone 27, Joe underscore Pavit second, and Giorgio Owen moves up as well into third. Full table on our Facebook page. It's all up for grabs and there will be some kind of smallish prize this year. So get your predictions in. We'll get something sorted. We need to sort that out. It, no. might, be, it might be a signed piece of paper from me and you, but it'll be a little prize or something. Sort. Picture opportunity. No. Uh, <laughs> Fancy Football League update. Barry Underwood. Well done to you. Yeah. You now lead on 1,318 points. Just seven points ahead of Elliot Hartfree pierce um, Steve, you've moved up to 26. Well done, my son. Mate, well done. Can, Don't let us down. If I can get into the top 20 this year, I'll be happy I after think... my terrible Christmas period. So, yeah, 62 players. I'm 26, but you know, it's doing all, well. It's all kicking off at the top of the fantasy football there league. You so, go. Keep well, well done, everybody. On top of that, so positives and negatives from the last week. We do have positives. So, first. Lee, should I do positives? Yeah, yeah. So first of all, better performance against Carlisle. I think from the tweets we've seen, everyone's saying that much better. Yeah. Second positive, Liam Kelly on the bench. That's massive. He's our goal-scoring threat from central midfield and will give us something that the others aren't giving us. Who would you have then when Liam Kelly's fit? What would your starting midfield two be? Good question. I think Kelly, Kelly and... Probably Nige, because I love him so much. I do, but I'd have Kelly, Kelly and Collins... I don't think I'm not sure they're going to be able to play together. Oh, they're two of the same, aren't I they? I think so. I think, you look, I think you're looking at Kelly Moore, Kelly. I think, but but it maybe when Kelly's back, maybe you go four five one and you and you put a defensive one and then two attacking or different options. Four, two, there, three, three, yeah, absolutely. So that's a good question. Sorry, yeah. let, let, let us know who you think. You know, or an outlook. Who should be the central midfield partnership when, when Kelly is available again? And the last positive, fans, though fantastic. We were well. They we were fantastic. Yeah. They West Ham singing. Even when we were behind, still still leading them on. So that was good. Same needed again on Tuesday night for a vital home game. Hundred percent agree. Great yeah. positives there. Negatives this week. Sadly, another defeat. Time is running out in the season. Yeah, Twenty eight um, games played. That's we've only got eighteen we're left to, to save ourselves. What do we need? 51, 52 points probably to I stay up. I probably won't need that, that much. Don't need that much. I reckon you're looking at a low forty mid forties. Mid forties. So you know we need another twenty five. Really another twenty five points. So yeah. you know you're only talking well eight, eight eight out of eighteen when we've only won seven in twenty eight. It's 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 a lot. Uh, and obviously the Alex Chisak situation, which is just not what you want. You want to be able to focus on stuff that's going on on the team and not yes. stuff yeah. like being frozen out. I think we should end with, one time we should end with that Frozen song. Or Let It Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate, I've had enough times today. So uh... Right. <laughs> hero, hero of the week this week. We have got a hero yeah. uh, this week. Give the, the old... Uh, yeah. Romford, the Romford estate agent, yeah. um, uh, look-alike, uh, Mr. Danny Ware. Well done, Danny. The Leighton Orient manager has been in the job for a week and he looks like he's put his stamp on things already. Next week's fixtures, we've got two very important fixtures coming up this week. First of all, we have the visit of Morecambe 
uh, on Tuesday, Tuesday night. Uh, it's a must-win match for yeah. us. We must get three points out of that. Morecambe are currently 17th in League 2 after picking up really a decent point. Very good point. In a one-all draw away from Doncaster, having taken the lead in that game. So And goal poacher John Marquis obviously scored for Doncaster. Obviously. <laughs> um, so we then travel to Yeovil uh, next Saturday. They're 15th in the league after drawing one-all away to Hartlepool. Uh, really, we need to be taking at least four points if not six from both of those I think, that's, I think that's realistic well you would look at the fixtures and go well you could really take four points from that home win and a draw I don't think that you can in our situation we, that's what we need but that's not well, what, what, what we would say could be different what you would expect that's not what you would expect that's what you hope yeah for me and you can hear all about those matches in episode 94 which will which follow will be next week. week that's a good little Beautiful. Yeah, so that go. brings us to the end of another episode so thanks for joining us for episode 93 <laughs> yeah. you said we don't do we this do. often we do <laughs> so it's been another strange week at the O's transfer deadline day came and went along with Orikonomo who win and he came back <laughs> you like it good. like yeah. it yeah, hearing it out loud is brilliant. Good, along with Jordan Green, who wasn't even registered properly to play. So on the pitch, the same result, but a much more encouraging performance. So our fingers crossed for two big performances this week in two vital games. Um, so if you're going, sing up for the Orient, support the boys, um, and, and you know give us a tweet. So we'll be back, episode 94 next week, with all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast thanks for listening everybody have a good week and up the o's yep